Hi, I'm Big Nakuruma. And I'm Audio Nerd 64. And we are finally your game of friends again. That was beautiful. Thank you. You should you should be proud of that. I wanted to come back real strong. Very strong. Like we said in the spoiler cast, <laughs> which you might have listened to or maybe not, June is rough. Uh, that's what I've learned in the first June at my job. Yeah. You, were, you had to be a professional gay for a month, which is <sighs> a commitment. Jesus Christ. I know you weren't ready for that, were you? <laughs> first of all, I will never be a member of Gay Inc. <laughs> you are. You I'm have to write a book now. Too fat and It too has black. to be a memoir, and that's your that's the title of it. Too fat, too black. Yes. There you go. You're welcome. You heard it here first, folks. Logging on. Palestine. Post E3 News. Switch OLED. Switch Pro. (laughs) Scott Cahan. Xbox Streaming. Apex Legends. Sony State of Play. Assassin's Creed Infinite. Robocop Rogue City. Player One. Blue Box. And Anthony Bourdain and The Witcher 3. In these past two weeks in nerddom, we're talking E3 announcements, Mythic Quest, Space Jam, and Invincible. Finally, on the home screen, we got a PS5. We finally have a one. Astro's Playroom, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Miles Morales, Detroit Become Human, and not Ghost of Tsushima because the director's cut got announced and I will replay it then. And that's all we're going to say about that announcement. Oh, so it's not even going to be in the home screen. No, it's not even going to be in the home screen. That was us talking about it. I'm going to reserve my comments until I get my hands on it. Well, then, all right. I guess it's uh, it's time to log on. So first up, we just wanted to rewind a little bit. Something big was happening Right around the last time we recorded a full episode, it was about the Israeli occupation of Palestine. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like we properly addressed it or mentioned it very much at all. I did talk about it on my appearance on Player Two Has Entered the Podcast. And I think I just kind of thought that we had done it, but we hadn't done it. So I just want to make it extremely clear that we support Palestinian liberation, A, and B, what happened with the IGN tweet about aid for Palestine was so reprehensible, and we're glad that they've now kind of made public statements rebuking their publisher and all the other kind of stuff. We stand in solidarity with the IGN staff who are standing in solidarity with the people of Palestine. The occupation is still ongoing. People are still being displaced from their homes Literally just this week, an ancient graveyard was destroyed so that they could build a road. Like, war crimes are ongoing. If you thought this was over, it's not over. It is literally just what happens every day, all the time out there. Please keep an eye on it and keep looking for ways to support Palestinian liberation. Um, the indie bundle that they put up, which is long gone by now, but um, I just wanted to shout out that it raised nine hundred thousand oh, dollars. Wow! And uh, I'm happy that a few of my dollars were a part of that. All right, 
in what definitely seems like less important <laughs> news. A lot of this news we're going to go through real so fast because it's old. It's old and way less important Sorry. than that. Uh, post E3, the afterglow, some might say. We're in, mm. the, we're in the cuddling phase. We're well beyond that. Or we're done. We're at the like, all we're right. We're about to get divorced. Wipe yourself off and get in the Uber. <laughs> oh, that was, that was, I'm kind of, I'm disgusted with myself, actually. I am glad that you said it. I, yeah. Halo Infinite has an awesome new seasonal system. They did a full multiplayer deep dive after the Microsoft presentation. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I thought was ingenious, and hopefully I'm not eating crow. <laughs> Because the last time I said this, it was about Destiny's seasonal model, and (laughs) the cracks in that kind of showed pretty fast. We'll have it on tape. Um, They are going to allow you to put your XP into whatever season you want. Right. So let's say when Halo first comes out, you don't really play the first season, which I'm probably not going to do. Because there's too much Destiny for you to play. There's way too much Destiny for me to play. If Halo ends up becoming something that I'm like, oh shit, I'm really obsessed with this. I really want to play this all the time, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. I can choose to put my XP into any season that I want. So if when I come around to Halo, they're on season four, but I really like the cosmetics from season two, I can still earn the season two rewards via the season two reward track. Game changer. It is a game changer. It completely eliminates the FOMO of battle passes. Yes. Which I think is the biggest flaw of them. Right. Because, you know, Apex, for instance, is winding down. I haven't played I nearly did as much. Not keep up this. Which is season. wild because the new legend is great. The map changes were great. Arenas. The new arenas mode is wonderful. It's been a great season. I just haven't played as much because there's too much destiny. And <laughs> I'm not going to finish the season, I don't think. It would be nice if my option was to just do it next season right. instead of having to shell out probably like 50 or 60 bucks in order to complete the battle pass, which I'm not saying I'm going to do, even though I probably will. I am tempted to do that. I'm just going to let time elapse. And then I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then just let the time pass and be like, oh, no, I forgot. And then just let it go. I just really want the devotion skin. That's the thing. You see, that's the problem. I don't like the devotion. I don't even like the gun either. I don't like it either. Wow. But I want that skin. Wow. Kind of like that Gibraltar skin. He looks really hot in that. Um, I just hope more games adapt this model. It makes a lot of sense. Let people play the shit out of your game when they want to. If I earn three seasons worth of XP in one season, as I do every season in Destiny, it would be nice if I could go you back. do that? That's a lot. I think I'm... I, not really three, but definitely almost two. I'm like level 179 or oh something God. out of 100, so... Plays too much Destiny. <sighs> Play a different game. Jesus. I, <laughs> but no, I agree. I mean, look, uh, sometimes I just don't be feeling it like this season, so it would be nice. It would be nice. Also, I was fucking busy. I was working. That's right. You were busy being a professional queer. No. (laughs) Write your book. Everwild was the other big post-E3 announcement I wanted to include. We were excited about this from 2020's E3. It was that, like, 
magic in the woods kind of thing. Homegirl was chilling with animals and there was a beautiful deer and shit like that. Yeah, that's right. I you know, the with the dev that looked like, you know, Crunchy Granola. I said yes. she is she's gonna do what she needs to do. She's gonna understand this assignment. She didn't. Um, oh no! The entire game has been rebooted. <laughs> what? The entire game has been rebooted? Like to the point where we might not see that shit until twenty four, twenty five. Like from the ground up, they've completely redone everything about it. The face that I just made—I <laughs> I lunged, lunged for the microphone, wide eyed. <laughs> wow. Well, I hope she gets paid either way and not overworked. Uh, yeah, <sighs> we'll see. On to more recent news. The Switch OLED was finally announced. I told you, motherfuckers, I said it. I said, I'll see it when I see it, but I don't think I'm going to see it. This is why we don't really cover those kinds of rumors on this show. Not because we couldn't or don't know about them or whatever, but like, take everything with a grain of salt and everyone who thought... They were getting 4K or at least 4K upscaling or ray tracing or DSS or whatever the fuck it's called. They said you all will be streaming. They said (laughs) you all can buy the same Switch with a better screen. Because really, that's it. There's no better battery life. And what kills me about better screen, that does not mean better resolution. They didn't change the (laughs) Joy-Cons. They're still going to drift six months in. Have fun. The dock isn't different. It's just a slightly better screen. Oh, and a bigger kickstand. Really only if you do handheld. What the fuck do I care about the kickstand for? I play it in a dock. I'm a I'm an adult. I play video games on a television. Okay? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I mean, look. Also, quick sidebar, just to make it clear that it's not just hardware that we do this for. I'm aware of the GTA 6 rumors. We're aware of what has been quote-unquote leaked or whatever. I don't think that that means anything if we're so many years away that Jason Schreier is like, calm down to everyone. I, the community control that man has to do. <laughs> Someone said, man, have a care package or something. I just feel like he need a bottle of wine or some shit. Damn. Yeah. I, when Rockstar <laughs> puts their name to an announcement, we'll talk about it. Okay. Until then, I'm I'm just not going to be bothered. Why are we even talking about it right now? We have to move on to the actual Switch Pro that's coming out. Oof. <laughs> Thanks to Steam. That's true. And their new Steam Deck, which I'm sure at this point, if you're hearing this, uh, has been sold out of pre-orders. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> almost certainly. You are not incorrect. Really, this is the Switch Pro. Well, you're not saying it's a fucking portable PC, basically. It's a handheld PC. It's going to be capable of doing your Steam library, handling all the mods in the workshop, Game Pass, anything else that you would do on your PC for the most part. The big problem is that the fucking maker of it is Valve, and they have a horrible track record on hardware. They they do. Um, I I want to see it for her. I want to see them win. I'm hopeful that this is the real deal. I hope it is for all y'all people who pre-ordered it. People threw money. Straight <laughs> up was like, yes, take it. They said, take it. I personally am a little worried about some of the limitations of it. I also, as we all know, hate controllers where the... Uh, <clears throat> 
thumbsticks are in the same lateral location. That drives me fucking crazy. So it won't be a, it's not a pre-order for you. you didn't it's not a pre-order for me. The thing is, I don't like handhelds that much. I, you know, it's funny. I don't like handhelds that much. And also like, I'm in the house. Motherfucking house board and fucking motherfucking house. The motherfucking house board. I have a PC and a game console. I don't really need this. With xCloud, I really don't need it. I can just put whatever on my on iPad, phone. on my phone. I don't use my phone to game all that much anyway. And there's some real cool shit that you can play on your phone now. There is. That my friend Pedro sequel that's coming to mobile. Apple Arcade, and yeah, the Apple Arcade is, is, is doing what it needs to do. I and agree. yet, still ain't playing on it. This is uh, definitely for a very specific group of people. And I think that the announcement came at the perfect time. Everyone was salty as hell about the Switch Pro. Yes. And Valve said, oh, Hold my beer. do it now. Yeah, do it now. Do hit, it now. Hit the button. You know what? I'm laughing because I think the audience for this are the people who would go into Starbucks with their entire gaming rig and would sit down. You ever been? You ever see that? I've only seen it one time. I've seen it multiple times, especially when I was in college. Timmy Hose, someone would come in. And just plop their big ass tower and a screen, mouse, keyboard, everything. It would just sit there, order something every few hours, and just play all day until he got kicked out. God bless him. That is who the <laughs> that is who they want the Steam Deck is for. Um, I hope they enjoy it. I hope that person is gonna get all of their money's worth out of it. It it seems very expensive to me, but also I'm looking at getting a real PC. So I, I, I don't disparage what people play their games on, Big Nick. No, I don't mean real PC to <laughs> disparage the Steam Deck. <laughs> Just like I don't like handhelds that much. I know. Sorry, I know. sorry. I'm kidding. No disparagement here. Moving on uh, to some older news. Scott Cahan, who is the creator of Five Nights at Freddy's, which is like if Chuck E. Cheese was demonic, I guess. What a very perfect way to describe that which is also weird because apparently he's a fundamentalist christian who hates faggotry (laughs) (laughs) so he's never been to chuck e cheese well you're saying let me let me put it this way him and some of his delusional queer fans (laughs) don't think that directly funding anti-queer politicians is bad oh okay and i'm here to tell you that Enabling people who pass laws that make our lives worse is bad. I don't give a fuck if you have gay friends. If you give money to people whose job it is to denigrate other folks of a specific persuasion, those are not good Sorry. No matter how demonic and wonderful Five Nights at Freddy's. I mean, keep playing your weird game. If you like Five Nights at Freddy's, more power to you. You don't have to defend the person that created it for doing a shitty thing just because you like the stuff that he does and because he's nice. There's a lot of really fucking evil people that are nice. And I'm not saying that he's evil. Like, you know, I'm not going that far. Misguided. Absolutely misguided. Like, you either think that the people who voted for Donald Trump are also 
responsible for the bad things that he did or you don't. If you don't, I don't think you have a very strong grasp of how the world works. If you do, why is he any different? Yeah. That's really all there is to say. That really is all there is to say. And we're going to move on from the stupidity. Big news for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. The Xbox One will soon be able to play next-gen titles through streaming, through xCloud. This is a game changer. Essentially, you now have permanent access, future-proof access to the next generation of games via xCloud. At all times. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. It's kind of what Stadia should have been doing. We're about to heap praise on the PS5 later in this episode. And I just want to make it really clear (laughs) that my opinion is still that Microsoft is blowing Sony out of the water this generation for a lot of different reasons. Like, the really good thing that Sony is doing that we'll talk about later is like one really good thing. Every other thing that they're doing is just not as good as what Microsoft is doing. Not every other arena. thing. I, I don't think there's a single other thing. They said you only get one. That's funny as hell. <sighs> well, Sony said that. Sony said that. Uh, no, it's very exciting. I mean, you essentially don't have to fucking upgrade your system to still play on the next-gen hardware. Get an OG Xbox One and upgrade that (laughs) internet, and you're good to go. They said get an Xbox 360, okay? (laughs) And just... (laughs) Not the 360, just Could you imagine? That would be funny. Yeah, no, that's that's not factual, but it would be funny. Um, And next to your Xbox One that would be playing all types of next-gen games, Mm -hmm. you can put your next-gen gamer G Fuel in mm-hmm. an actual Xbox mini-fridge. Yes. Which, uh, in a very yes. funny joke, because it leads me to believe that Sony might actually make a Wi-Fi router that looks like <laughs> a PS5. That would be funny. Um, Xbox has decided to make a real refrigerator that will refrigerate your real things in a refrigerator fashion. That dorm room central, like every <laughs> every person going to college for like the next five years will probably have one of these. I gamer. just hope that Troy has one. I hope that he already has one in whatever NCU universe that he is living in. I'm going to not respond to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna refuse. Windows 11 also on its way. Uh, which is cute. I actually have not done any research or looked into anything at all because I am the type of person who will not upgrade operating systems until like I absolutely have to. It seems to me like Microsoft has finally started listening to Phil Spencer, not Xbox, Microsoft, because this is basically the gamer's operating system. Yeah, There are just so many improvements. There are so many things that are going to seamlessly plug into the Xbox ecosystem. It it actually makes a PC enticing to me for the first time in a while. And not just because of the game envy. Like, I I talk about wanting a PC a lot. You do. And in fact, I just did it a few minutes ago. You did. The problem is I like sitting on a couch and playing things. And so it's just never going to replace consoles for me. Mm -hmm. But I do appreciate the work that Phil Spencer is doing to actually turn Xbox into an entertainment hub. It's very much 
the the dream that he's been talking about for many years. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm happy for him. He's like the Kevin Feige of video games. It's very funny. There are like Harder. very, very specific white men that you <laughs> want to see do well in the world. Video and game hardware. The list is like literally three of them. Also to be clear, when the revolution comes, they all have to go. Some racism happened in Apex Legends. Ooh, a lot of racism. Uh, can, you have to explain this one. It's, it's, I, I don't even. <laughs> so two big things happened within Apex Legends. Uh, not the season 10 reveal, which hasn't happened yet, <laughs> but is imminently happening and will likely have happened before you hear this. But rather, SaveTitanfall.com, someone hacked the game, and for a while, SaveTitanfall.com was all over the place. Apparently, Titanfall has just been taken over by hackers. The first one. The first one, the first Titanfall. And people are pissed about it because they really love Titanfall, and they want to keep playing Titanfall, and, and the community seems pretty strong. But like, if you can't get a good match in, that sucks. And Respawn said there's only a few people working on it. I think they said two. Literally, yeah. <laughs> Literally a handful of developers just to work on So there's probably not much hope that things are going to get fixed for Titanfall 1. So some desperate fan hacked Apex Legends to make a statement. Uh, and that was a pretty big deal. It was like preventing people from being able to play. It was like the only was. thing that was showing up. It was. Um, I know it definitely affected PC people. I think some console users had the issue. I didn't when I checked it out during it because I was like, ooh, drama. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's one way to get people's attention, I guess. The secondary motivation, I I don't know if it was the motivation of the hacker, but the secondary topic of conversation was about racism. There was a huge racism controversy in the pro-Apex arena I made an offhand comment the la- when we were watching the finals for the grand championships for Apex. I was like, I can just feel the racism emanating from some of these young white men. <laughs> and lo and behold, a lot of them just really love using the N-word. We love that. Um, they love it too. And <laughs> one of them kind of got called out for it and... The reaction slash lack of reaction from their colleagues basically told the whole story. There's nothing special going on here. It's not like new inventive racism. It's just the same racism in Apex Legends. That we've known and loved since forever. And amongst the community. It was all over the Reddit. People have zero concept of how to equate situations. Mm. Like a white person getting called mayonnaise versus a black person getting called the N-word. Like there are some people who really genuinely don't see why one of those things is worse than the other, even though you can't even say one of those words entirely. Yeah. And it blows my mind every time, but it also is not surprising to me. And so I don't want to make it seem like Apex Legends is uniquely racist. I think that no, that, that is, goes uh, to Rocket League. Oh, I was going to say Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. 
it is really disappointing and frankly is probably going to impact my desire to watch pro players moving forward. Yeah, cause because like no one says shit. Like, yeah, they were just not like, even the black commentator, not even Rain Day. He didn't say anything about it. Which there's a conversation to be had about that. But not on this podcast and not now. <laughs> I just find it wild that a hacker was able to do that to a AAA game. And that they were able to last for so long. Like, it was it was a full day. It was down, down. Yeah. It was down bad. Uh, um, Real quick, a few things that happened to go over. Number one, RoboCop Rogue City got announced. I don't really have thoughts on that. I have never seen that movie, actually. Me neither. We should watch it. Can Some we? people say it's really good and actually is a critique. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, with this, with the Boston Dynamic fucking doing a stanky leg on TL, maybe uh, this will give us a, some nice insight on uh, <laughs> where that's going to go. We're now close enough to take direct action. You, <laughs> that that's a joke. That's, that was a it's joke. It's absolutely a joke. A joke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. There was also a dust-up in the Witcher community that kind of reminds me of an ongoing thing with Anthony Bourdain. So as you may have heard, Anthony Bourdain recently had a documentary come out about him. I'm saying this as if he's not passed away. Um, that's, yeah, that's actually the controversy because apparently the filmmaker chose to use AI software to recreate his voice and have him saying things that he didn't actually say. Yeah. Which I will say is for a very small chunk of it and still not cool. It's extremely unethical and problematic and is the same controversy enveloping a Witcher mod. So someone made a pretty extensive mod for The Witcher 3 where... In my understanding, it's basically kind of like its own little expansion. And the Gerald stuff in in the game mod is all fully voiced. And it's fully voiced because someone was able to basically download all of his lines and upload them into this software that recreated his voice. And so they could have him saying whatever they wanted. Yeah, no, I mean, I am like interested in this stuff as like, you know an audio person and someone who is interested in media. And I just remember, I think it was a, it was Adobe that basically made like the Photoshop of audio. And they had, I think it was Keegan, Michael Key say shit that he didn't actually say. And like some presentation for what this new technology was. And I was like, uh, great. This is going to be a problem. It laid dormant for a while. And I think the reason why it's sort of like now becoming an issue is because in a lot of ways, I think, Innovations in sound have to be, like, attached to innovations in some other medium. And, like, yeah, we can create all these kind of worlds and, like, people can do whatever they want in video games. We can make people do whatever we want. And now it's we can make people say whatever they want. And it's it's not it's not good. And I don't want us to continue because it's, like, the deep fake shit. And, like, what's going to make that more believable now is also deep fake audio that is also, quote, unquote, good. That's what I think is most worrisome to folks is that yeah. with the one-two punch of deepfake video and deepfake audio, you probably could make something really... Convincing. Yeah. And I, I do think that that's scary. I find the Witcher controversy very 
interesting because it's really voice actors leading the charge about that. As they should. They absolutely should. It's totally a labor issue. And it's clear that the potential for them to all be replaced is not very far away. And all of these labor concerns about the future of work and robots and those types of things are just going to be further amplified. And capitalism doesn't have an answer for that. It really, like, what happens when you maximize a system to the point where it's 100% efficient and there's zero waste and it's all profit? Well, that can only be realized by robots. And it doesn't seem like that's too far away at this point, except there's no plan for what happens to the humans. There's no universal basic income. There's no social safety net, at least in the United States. And what happens. We're we're literally watching the country freak out because people don't want to go back to work in horrific conditions where they might catch COVID for $10 an hour. No one wants to fucking do that. And everyone's bitching and complaining about having to pay people more. Imagine when a robot can effectively do your job. That's, That's a little scary. I think that it's probably further off than we realize. But I don't. I think that the first industries to be replaced by machines are probably going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, it definitely won't be media, but like that doesn't also make it less important. So, like you know, when shit like this happens, it's like, hold up, this is not. This is not good. Right. Um. One other quick thing, mostly just because I don't have to elaborate. We've been talking about capitalism several times already in this podcast. <laughs> Player One is a company or a program or software or something that would essentially just insert ads into video games. I'm a little confused by the hubbub about it just because did no one watch Death Stranding? Like literally on the toilet, there's an advertisement for that fucking AMC show that Norman Reedus is on. There's Monster Energy drinks. Like (laughs) they don't need special software to put ads into video games. And if you don't think that those were effectively ads, then you're just wrong. You're just incorrect. I think this was just like a more blatant, like, oh, here's like a TV ad in my video game. You have my peanut butter and your chocolate kind of situation. I, I, while I understand where you're coming from, you cannot use the fucking bathroom, which you have to do to make weapons in that fucking weird game. <laughs> uh, we don't give Death Stranding any no. slack. They're just like, and by the way, that game was fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> by the way. I still hate it viscerally. <laughs> anyway, you couldn't use the bathroom without seeing that ad. Like, come on. I, I like that's a statement. I'd Jordan. rather it be on the TV. That's a statement. Because at least I'm choosing to watch a TV in a show. Us talking about it is the point, man. You have to sit down on a couch and turn on the TV, (laughs) and then you see shit. Like there's like fake ads too. Like there's no real ads in GTA. But even if they were real ads, at least it's a choice that you're making versus walking past something and having like. Don't get me started. Anyway, the bottom line is that EA was accused slash leaked of being a part of this program and they forcefully denied it even though they tried to do something very similar last year so yeah I can't catch it they're like damn we they just always on our necks and like we deserve it but damn let up a little bit no they just extremely deserve it (laughs) 
let's just keep an eye on this system, this software, whatever the fuck it is. Uh, I'm sure it'll crop up in more places. We just have to fight. Like, you cannot raise the price of the games and make me watch ads. (laughs) What am I paying for? You can't do both. If you (laughs) you want to put ads in, lower the price of the games. Make me pay $40 for a game, and I have to see a few ads. If you're making me pay $70 for the game... I want a gift box in the mail, and I never <laughs> want to see an ad. Ever. I want the collector's edition, like, <laughs> steel case. Like, it's like that game of, not Game of Thrones. It's like that, uh, well, I can't think of it. Dystopian future sci-fi. Black Mirror. It's like that Black Mirror episode, which you wouldn't know because you never watched Black Mirror. It's wild how that didn't narrow it down at all. I'm glad you got to Black Mirror, but... But you were just like, like, wow, that's so many pieces of media. Anything? Literally any. current lives? (laughs) You're talking about Age of Ultron? I don't understand. (sighs) Uh. (laughs) Blue Box is the other kind of quick thing. There's a conspiracy going on. People think that this company is making a Silent Hill game and that it's actually Kojima. And it very clearly isn't, but people are, are super convinced that it is. If it does end up being Silent Hill and I'm like, whatever, I'm not going to play that game anyway. <laughs> I don't give a shit. But I mostly just wanted to include this because the dude who speaks for Blue Box, Hassan, is extremely hot. Jordan. What? That's not news. It's news to me. They are making some kind of game, and people are excited for this game, but mostly just because they think it's going to be Silent Hill. So that's the story. I did a terrible job explaining that. but um, I mean, you got the gist of it. It's a bunch of bullshit. It's, it's, like, it's, it's people thinking that Kojima is doing, more doing than, much more than he... Although, to be fair, he has done shit like that in the past and, like, faked people out about things and lied and stuff. Blah, blah. Real daft punk. It's very clear, though, that his actual situation is in negotiation with Microsoft. Like, it's not this random studio that no one had heard of. So, um, what might be a Silent Hill remake or whatever is uh, the Bloober folks, the folks that made that Xbox... uh, exclusive medium although it's not exclusive to xbox anymore i think it just came out of playstation um (laughs) formerly exclusive to xbox well they're working with konami and it's supposedly a existing franchise of some kind so Mm -hmm. people are also thinking that that might really be silent hill again kojima is hanging out with xbox so i'm expecting that whatever he does next is probably going to be some kind of xbox exclusive um the, the real reboot that I think is on the horizon is Dead Space. Mm. Um, and good, have fun. I, you know, it's very <laughs> funny. I do have the original on the Xbox and I'm like, I'm going to play this one day. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a shot. And I still have it. So that's wild. The next time that you have trouble sleeping, I think you should just go play Dead Space. <laughs> I don't understand why that, I don't, I don't get it. Why would I play a horror game to keep me up? That's, that's the anti- you're not going to sleep anyway. That's my point. Oh, that's okay. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Sami has something to joke about, Jordan. Sorry. I suffer. Assassin's Creed Infinite was leaked and then confirmed. <sighs> and I'm sad. 
Every game is going to be the same game in five years. I think I was <laughs> holding on to the rush that Origin gave me. That was really the perfect amount of Assassin's Creed. It was not too long. Too long for me. It wasn't too big. It was huge, but it wasn't too big. Too big for me. That's not something I say often. (sighs) The story was cohesive (laughs) and contained. Now they're talking about Assassin's Creed going on forever. It's just going to (laughs) be... Infinite. (laughs) A seasonal model. You seem so disappointed. Oh, my God. I just... I, I think about games like Horizon Zero Dawn... And Ghost of Tsushima. God of War. Not God of War. No, not specifically not God of War. Okay. Well, God of War is a first player exploration action adventure game. It is not the same thing as Ghost of Tsushima or Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not open world in that same way. Okay, got it. It is an open world, but it's just, it's not, that's not what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, They perfected, or at least got very close to perfecting, the Assassin's Creed formula. It's wild to see Assassin's Creed cite Fortnite and GTA Online as like where they want to go. They next. really said Fortnite. They said Fortnite. I have to say, as an Assassin's Creed fan, I will probably play it. But if you're asking me to become married to that game in the way that I'm already married to Destiny or Apex or whatever, you would have to beat those, and I don't think it's going to. I don't see it happening for her. So I'm worried because I, I don't want the franchise to die. Right. I yeah. want them to just do better, make a better game. Like, just just make That's the thing. You're right, because it's like, you know, there'd be one thing if you were doing your shit at the top of the level and, like, everyone loved what you did. You, you always was hitting. You would never miss it. And you're like, all right, you know what? Let's go fuck up Fortnite. It's just not appealing. Yeah, no. I also know that that Ubisoft game is being announced soon. Not Assassin's Creed, some unnamed Tom Clancy Division-esque kind of thing. I have to say, I went from being kind of excited about that Ubisoft announcement of like, more free stuff. And now I'm just, I I don't like it. I (laughs) I don't like it. I'm not a fan of this news, and I think that they are officially moving in the wrong direction. And I I held out for a long time. You did. You did. I refused to say that Valhalla was not the right direction. And it seems to me now that they were just testing the waters for this bullshit, and I'm not happy. I'm so sorry. Finally, Sony's state of play happened. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Me? Really? Well, <sighs> a lot of good stuff for some people. I was bored as hell. For me, no. Uh, we got a full look at the gameplay for Deathloop, <sighs> which is the Bethesda game that is owned by Microsoft, but is going to be on PlayStation first exclusively. Um, for I, a year. For a year. And, you know, I... I I, in theory, am very excited for Deathloop. 
love black people, love shooters, love timey, whimey, wobbly, dibbly dobbly do stuff. And I was watching the gameplay, and I think for me, I just don't like the like I just don't like the look of Bethesda games. They all have like that Fallout like art style and like how the characters look, and I just was like, hmm. I don't know if it's for me. I'll probably give it a shot because, you know, I love niggas. You know me? I love black people. Love games. I love black people in games. But uh, I don't know. I was kind of like a little underwhelmed by the gameplay reveal. I feel bad. I feel bad about it. I I liked it. Um, the, The premise was fleshed out in a way that it hadn't been before. Yes. Essentially, you are this dude who's trapped on an island in a time loop. Every time you die, you start the beginning of the day again. And anytime the day ends without you completing your objectives, the day starts over again. Right. You're trying to kill seven like kingpins or major enemies or whatever. And one of the seven is actively hunting you while you do this. Right. I think it's pretty compelling. I mean, I I am really compelled by the... The, the the gameplay and what I think it's going to be, I, just, I don't know. Sometimes just the look of a game really just mm-hmm. turns me off. Mm-hmm. And especially, I don't know. Like, I never got into Fallout. I never got, I never really got into a Bethesda game. It kind of makes me nervous for uh, Skyrim. Oh, I never really got into Skyrim. It makes me a little bit nervous for the space Starfield. game, Starfield. Mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to like the look of that? I won't, I will try to not let it deter me from playing it, but I am kind of like, I agree that Bethesda's games don't always look great. I think it's because they just have very long development cycles. Although obviously that's not always true because of Fallout 76. They just have a very specific style that they never stray from at all. Yeah. I uh, wonder about the long-term viability of that game. Like, what is the replay value once you know everything about a certain area? And essentially what you're saying is that as soon as you can kill those seven people, the game's over. Maybe the game's not over. Maybe it's deeper than that, and they're just, like, teasing us, and that's the beginning of it or something. But Mm -hmm. um, I I liked what I saw. Um, I'm definitely going to play it. I, I think... It's possible that I will wait the year to play it because it's oh. going to be free next oh. year. <laughs> so I could Included. pay $70 for it or $60 for it now yeah. on PS5, or I could get it for Game Pass in September of 2022. <laughs> so cool. I'll I'll see where we land on that as we get closer to September. All right. Seafood, the third-person fighting game. I'm very excited for it's getting delayed to 2020, early 2022, which is fine. And they uh, expanded on that every time you die, you age thing. Yeah. Although they didn't expand to the point of explaining how that impacts the game. Like, do you get slower? Is yeah, that your yeah. only thing? Do you perhaps get wiser? Is it like actually going to be maybe a good thing that you're a little older in certain situations? Mm-hmm. I, I hope that it's not just a negative because I think that would be pretty ageist. <laughs> very ageist. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm ready. I, I, I'm I'm willing to wait. Willing so, to wait. Willing to wait for that one. 
everything else I was kind of like eh, on, you know, we've already talked about Death Stranding and they talked about the director's cut and I guess there's a few new gadgets. I don't go. No, it didn't sound like anything what, what was, was going to make the game less boring. What was very funny about the, the director's cut reveal for Death Stranding is that all of the things that they're giving you makes the game easier to me. I like, might not have hated the game as much. If you had a fucking cannon that could blow your fucking cargo halfway across the map for you, you'd have to walk it. But even then, it was so much faster and easier just to use vehicles in almost every single situation that it kind of didn't. Like, these robust, like, gondola systems and stuff that theoretically you could have built, why would you do? Like, <laughs> just just get on the fucking truck. What like, do you mean? I, I wouldn't know. I don't even know. What's this random? Um, but some other interesting Sony news, Housemark, the folks that made Returnal, is now officially a Sony studio, uh, an exclusive Sony studio. They only made Sony games, but I guess there was some talk of Microsoft or some Asian gaming companies like Tencent acquiring them. And so Sony decided that they were going to go ahead and, and do that first. They also required Nixus which is a company that specializes in porting games to PC, which has been a very explicit goal of Sony for this console generation. Mm. So uh, good news for Sony folks in both of those acquisitions. Hmm. Well, in these past few weeks in nerddom, we have more E3 aftercare. Well, these are just the TV shows that were announced that we never talked about during the E3 stuff. A lot of them, actually. There are a lot of video game TV shows about to come out. We love an expansion of IP. Good time. <laughs> sure. We got Arcane, Cuphead, which is a Netflix one, right? That was going out soon. I don't know. Wayne Brady's in it. Oh. he's That's the... very fitting. It is. I'm like annoyed by it, but also mostly like, oh yeah, who else <laughs> would be in? Oh, Jesus. Castlevania. A spinoff, since the main series is now ended. Right. Splinter Cell. Which, apparently, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> you don't. Uh, Resident Evil. I'm not going to watch that. Captain Laserhawk. Which is a Far Cry cartoon. Um, and another far, and like another one that's coming out. Multiple Far Cry cartoons. Yes, animated series. That's apparently. cool. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, look, as you can see here at Gamer Friends, we are a little weary about video game-related television shows, but... I don't have enough time to play all the video games that I want to play, <laughs> let alone watch all of the TV shows about video games that they're making. Uh, that being said, we do have to eat crow. We do. Okay. We finished both seasons of Mythic Quest recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it was first announced, we said some shit. Because here's the thing for me. I did not like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. Wasn't for me. I watched a few episodes when I was younger. I was like, you know what? You know which episode really stuck out to me? I've never seen it. Okay. I just remember the dodgeball one where they were like picking kids and there was like a joke because like someone was picking like all the black kids or something. And I just was like, I hate white people. Even at a young age. Like, go me. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> I do think a lot of the humor is supposedly, like, a critique of those people. Yes. But sometimes I just don't want to be the butt of a joke. Yes. 
Which, whatever. I never, like, really explored the show much after that. I just, like, maybe, like, catch something on Comedy Central. Yeah. Back when Comedy Central aired actual television shows. If anything, Mythic Quest has convinced me that I should go watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because... It might have been a mistake. Oh, my God. It is really good. Mythic, so Mythic Quest is about a fake, I guess, Ubisoft game <laughs> called Mythic Quest. Mm, not specifically Ubisoft. The The head office is in Montreal. Okay. But, but that's, that's really, really the, the Ubisoft is producing it. Yes, Ubisoft produced it. I thought they were exclusively giving them like clips of Ubisoft games. No. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Ubisoft. Oh. What a focus. I thought that they were explicitly giving them clips of Ubisoft games to use, but then I saw like some World of Warcraft cutscene stuff and some Horizon Zero Dog cutscene yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was absolutely the worst part of the show because Totally unnecessary. The games that they're making and some of the games that they were showing are just so clearly not in the same genre. If you know anything about video, it took, it took me out of the of the of the immersion. I couldn't suspend my disbelief, you know. But they only use them for transitions. So, anyway, but that's not important. What is important is that Mythic Quest is about a game studio that. It was started up. It's like a, you know, video game startup. You have the dude from Sunny, who's the creative director. You have Abed from Community, who's playing the financial guy. Can I just say, I didn't think of him as Abed once. No, I didn't. He really, he really understood the assignment. He has some range. He does. We love that. We love that. Um, it's fucking great. Like, <laughs> I was telling my coworkers, I was like, watch this show now, and when people start making shows about podcasting in this way like 10 to 15 years from now, I'll just be like, actually just watch Mythic Quest. It's not about podcasting, but it does what it needs to do. It understood the assignment. It is a pretty biting critique of the industry in a way that I think a lot of people who work in creative industries can understand and sympathize with, namely Audio Nerd. (laughs) I did feel a little seen. Um... I really loved that they subverted tropes on a pretty regular basis. Like one of the main characters is a woman and actually you just kind of don't like her for a while. And she's not really likable in a lot of different ways and kind of takes advantage of people and is mean and rude and stuff like that. I don't think I ever really liked her unless she was getting fucked over by. Right. Right. And (laughs) which is like a very interesting yeah. My no, big critique of the show is that I kind of find their relationship to be an abusive dynamic. Welcome to capitalism. <clears throat> but beyond the natural abuses of capitalism, I'm talking about their interpersonal relationship. Uh, replicated, in my opinion, some unhealthy patterns of behavior. But regardless, there were some moments in this show that actually I wish everyone could see so that a lot more people would shut up. Like, just in general. Yeah. There's a lot of people who this show was calling out, and... In in, in ways that I didn't mind. Like, there was, like... like there definitely was, like, woke characters, quote-unquote, that yes. get called out in ways that I think makes... are, like, really good. Right. I think that white people who say the word woke should be executed. <laughs> and I think if you talk about wokeness and you're not, like, I, I just have no tolerance for that at this point. It's not a word that you were meant to understand. You still don't. And you're using it improperly constantly. It's exhausting. And I wish you would stop. 
However, how anyway, <laughs> there are absolutely people who are like doing too much on a regular basis. And it's not so much that this character even does too much. It's just that she's annoying <laughs> in how she does it. And I think that that's okay. There are people that are annoying about it. Yeah. And in this one particular scene, she is in a position where she is essentially a captive audience and chooses instead to talk about how unfair her situation in the company is when she could have been using that time to take advantage of who her captive was. And he points out to her at the end that like, you're fucking this up right now. (laughs) Right. If, if I am the epitome of privilege, which I am, you just completely wasted that opportunity and you really have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> and, like, to be clear, not in a way that, like, you know, I don't want to say, like, in a way that, like, we put blame on her for, like, it just right. is, like, it is, it is really smart in what it does and it's in ways that pleasantly well. surprised. I was like, wow, okay, this is really cool. Right. I, I would say that it's probably the closest that I've seen to how I actually feel about some of the stuff mm. that happens in discourse. It, I know where the word nuance is being dragged right now because I think people do use it to just, you know, skirt over the bullshit that they say. But I think this show actually does have it. It talks about yeah. these issues in gaming, but like in larger structure of power and media and blah, 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 uh, with a lot of nuance. Also, there is an intern character who should win at least one Emmy Award yeah, every, per season. The rest could go to Jonathan Majors. She can get the other one. She was eating. Excellent. She's incredible. A feast. I do want to warn people, the first like one or two episodes, I was kind of like, A little slow. Oh, okay, I, I guess know. I'm going to keep watching this just because we didn't really have anything else to watch. And then we got super into it. So, it, no, it happened pretty fast. Honestly, I, I, it is excellent television. Uh, I think maybe I would say I would actually put it in maybe my top 10 of all time. Oh, wow. Like, I think it is up there with like Parks and Rec. I think it's up there with Breaking Bad. Hmm. It's it's really good. I was I was I was very pleasantly surprised. I was really pleasantly surprised. That actually put us on kind of like an Apple TV, Apple Plus or whatever it's called. Little stint. We ended up doing Ted Lasso after that. Another excellent masterpiece. That is one of my top 10 shows of all time. Incredible. I might have to agree with you on that one. But not a video game show. Not a video game show. We can't talk about it anymore. Invincible is not a video game show, but it is a comic show. We watched that. I thought it was really good. I was also pleasantly surprised by this. I didn't think that it subverted that many tropes. Like, yeah, no, I I could smell the fascism from a mile away. I mean, you know that, that that's. I guess we're trained at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the dog whistle for a reason, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, th- I I it was really good. I mean, it was like gory. Like, I was like not ready for the. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. I didn't know what we were getting into. No. I mean, I saw that the scene that you'll, if you watch the first episode and you watch it to to completion, you'll understand the amount of violence for the most part that's in this show. I would argue that the very end of the season, 
pushes it yeah. by scale in a way that I was like, yes. Ugh. Yes. Um, but if you can get through the first episode, you're not completely disgusted. I would say it is definitely worth to watch the whole thing. Um, the cast is incredible. Cast is, everyone's eating. Sandra O oh, eating. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. Eating. Sazi Beats. Eating. Stephen Young. Eating. I'm excited for season two. I'm um, very excited for season two. I don't really have much to say about it, though, other than that. Like, it was good. It was a good ride. I, I was I was surprised by how intrigued I was by what is otherwise a storyline that I've seen a million other times. Right. I think it, it kind of, like, gets you very quickly past the origin stuff. Yeah, yeah. And gets into, like, really interesting territory very quickly. Yeah. Um, it also... I think does a good job of doing realism to a certain degree. Yeah. Like this is the reality of what you taking these kind of fights in the middle of a city is going to do. We haven't watched the boys yet. And I know that the boys is very similar in that strain of commentary on superheroes. But I think that this is not grounded in that way. Yeah. I feel like the boys is more like edge lordy. Yeah, this was earnest in a way that I can tell without having seen it that The Boys is not necessarily earnest. It might very well be, but I'm not going to go find out because I don't care. But if it's supposed Oh, really? You're not interested in watching it? I no. thought we were going to watch it. Oh, we are? I don't know. I mean, I guess we can. I'm not. Mm, I thought it was on the list. Is it? I thought it was. All right, maybe compare it. I don't fucking know. Anyway. Finally, Space Gym. It came out. I hope you all had fun if you had a child that wanted to see this movie. All I have to say is that I saw one clip from it, and I'm now choosing just not to watch it at all. I mean, this- I'm going to cling on to the memory of Michael Jordan yeah. and what was actually a great plot and didn't need to be changed at all. Yeah, I, I, we were watching, what was it, Honest Trailer? CinemaSins. 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 And I was like, damn, they should probably just, just read booted like just redid it i thought that that's what it was going to be and that's why i was excited no it's, oh it's just space jam with lebron james instead this is going to be great no it's it's new it's, it's a new legacy it's awful it. and i cannot fucking believe rick and morty are in it and i think that's a travesty rick and morty yep are you fucking not kidding oh my god you should probably just drop some music. I'm very sad. Well, as we said at the beginning, we got a motherfucking PlayStation 5. Shout out to gamer friend Alex, one of the clan members of Bones of Feet in our Destiny group. You can hang out with him on the Discord if you want. Look at the show notes. He's my new best friend because he was like, hey, I, I got one. Do you, do you want it? And I said, yes, absolutely, I do. <laughs> and now I have it. So fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. Alex is a special shout out. I, um... Have to eat some shit immediately. Immediately. And say 
the DualSense controller is very likely the best controller I've ever used. Ever. Period. If my Xbox Elite controller could do haptics the way that the DualSense controller does them, then that would hands down be the best controller ever made. But I have to say... I love how you can't even talk about Sony without talking about Microsoft. (laughs) But by the way, just so we know... The paddles are critical. The paddles have become a very important part of how I play games. So that's just important to me and, and important in a way that haptics were not. And now I understand why haptics are so much more well, I mean, important. Like these haptics are absolutely. It's the most next gen fucking thing yeah. about it. We played Astro's Playroom to the completion. Cutest. So fucking adorable. Oh my God. Oh my God. It was like experiencing Mario 64 for the first time. Mm. Like that level of magic. Yes. It was, it was better than it has any right to be. I was kind of like. What the fuck is going on? Like, is this gonna be in my game of the year list? Exactly. The music was the music so was good. excellent. The the level design was great. It's a platformer. Uh and it's how not they have platformer, I don't uh, There are parts of it that are platform. It's like Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah it's a 3D platformer. Ugh. You know what the fuck I mean. Whatever. What? Uh and they have using the controller in a lot of interesting ways. Uh and it was just a showcase for the controller. Basically, it was just like this is what you can do. Have fun. The way that the controller feels when you're walking on sand versus walking on snow versus walking in the grass versus walking on metal. Versus rolling. Oh, my God. Versus, you know, snowing versus light rain versus heavy rain versus hail. Like, I kept making the joke about it. I can't wait to, like, feel the butter scraping on toast. I see. And then, like, if you toast the toast a little bit longer. It'll feel different. You actually might actually be able to feel it. I believe it. I was kind of shocked. I couldn't believe that there was a difference between light rain, rain, and heavy rain. Yeah. It was, was... I was kind of blown away. And how natural it started to feel. Like, after you get a few hours with it, you're like, oh yeah, this is what it's supposed to feel like. The beauty of it, the brilliance of it, is that the controller, because it's, you know, the PlayStation controller, has audio coming out, and you can also interact with it um, by like blowing into it and stuff like that. So <laughs> I wanted to say there's in and out going, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, it's enhanced by the sounds. Like sometimes when the controller wants you to feel like you're clicking, then there's clicking sounds that come out. And it just... It actually kind of like helped me be like, oh yeah, the haptics also changed here yeah. too. Yeah. So you kind of would like forget. I don't know that I... For, I, I was just continually blown away by what I was feeling. If you don't do anything else, if you can't get your hands on a PS5, try to get to your friend's house that does have a PlayStation 5 and tell them to boot up Astro's Play World. And just do the controller demo. Yeah. That is going to give you a preview, but I promise it is, it, it, it really is that good throughout and frankly better than the controller demo like i'm almost speechless trying to think of how magical that that experience was 
I couldn't believe it. We ended up playing Astro's Playroom basically together, mostly because we were passing the controller back and forth to be like, oh my God, feel this. <laughs> this yeah. is what this feels like. It was, I was, it's a lot. And it kind of, I feel dumb talking about it because I just like, I literally can't put it into words, man. But like, I literally can't. And you like, really have, you have to explain talking it. talking about haptics right now. Like, what? Tim in the Discord <laughs> was like, oh, you know, it's probably not that big of a deal. It it really is hard to convey how big of a deal it is. It's it's almost how I feel about 60 FPS versus 30. You're fine with 30. 30's great. 30 meets all of your needs until you hit 60 and you get used to 60. And then going back to 30 feels like a downgrade. In a certain way, while I love my Elite Controller... Going back to it after playing a PlayStation game, it just doesn't feel the same. It it feels like I'm missing something out of the experience, and it's those fucking haptics. Now, granted, only two of the games took full advantage of them. Um, Miles Morales, I replayed, and Cedric finally fucking finished. Finally <laughs> And, I mean, they used it, but it wasn't... It wasn't, like, at the... Because lo- I don't think it was... You weren't feeling every footstep. You weren't feeling every web. Like, I am aroused thinking about what the next-gen Spider-Man is going to feel like with that controller. I'm concerned because that pause was very pregnant. I almost said something more vulgar, and I, I chose not to. Thank you. I can't wait. Miles Morales, by the way, looked... Gorgeous. Magnifique. I'm glad I waited, actually. Yeah, so fuck you. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I did a new Game Plus run-through of it and and platted it, and the controller wasn't really the highlight of that experience. The graphics definitely were. I played everything on Performance RT because I could not go down to 30 FPS. It it, it was making me a little sick on Ratchet and Clank <laughs> you did. to try And it. I came out and I was like, what the fuck is he always complaining? It's not that bad. And then I saw it and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, it didn't look very good. Which I hate. Because I was like that. I'm like, oh, I don't care about the visuals. I just want to make sure that like, you know, I got the sound bar and that, you know, it sounds da 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 I don't give a fuck. And then I was like, oh... Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was important Same to have the standard. 60 FPS. Um, I bet if I had gone right from Xbox One to a PS5 or from a PS4 to a PS5, I probably would have stuck with the 4K 30 FPS mode because I probably wouldn't have noticed. Right. But I, I've just been with the Series X for too long. Everything's been 60 FPS. It's just, it, it makes me a little sick. Um, like once you realize that, all the dialogue editing, editing and do, and documentaries are usually really bad because they can get away with it because there's a visual part that's distracting you. But then you do audio for a living, so then you notice these things. I can never go back. It's a very hyper specific example. It is. It's very hyper specific, but I can never go back. Um, last like, thing about Miles Morales, I just want to shout out very specifically. There's one suit where he's like wearing a hoodie and like combat boot sweatpants kind of in what are essentially Tim's. And I just think it was the most beautifully rendered suit in the cutscenes. Um, I was pretty blown away by the difference on PS4 to PS5. I don't think there was very much of a difference in loading, however. Mm. I just think that Miles Morales is an extremely well-optimized 
game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to our friend Mike on the Player Two Enters the Podcast podcast, <laughs> and uh, he was talking about load times on his new Series X. Um, I think that PS5 has an advantage here temporarily because a bunch of games were made for the PS5. Those load times do not apply to games that were not made for the PS5. Mm. I played Detroit Become Human, and those load times were extremely long. Well, I here's the thing, just to get off track a little bit, I also got my hands on a Xbox Series X, which was a hassle. Mm-hmm. You know they, they they only had the ones where you could do the thirty five dollar a month, and then they had to check my credit, and then they did this, and then that blah blah blah. blah. But it, it's been secured. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the load times from from coming from an Xbox One X, oh my god, it's night and day. Forza, damn, I didn't even have to go on Twitter for two seconds. It just damn near was like, all right, drive your car. What are you doing? I don't have a game that I could play on both PS5 and Xbox. I mean, I guess I could download like Apex or something, but I'm pretty strong in my opinion that the PS5 is not actually loading that much faster. Mm-hmm. It's just that the games are so well optimized and Xbox doesn't have anything yet that is optimized for next gen in that way. That's exclusively optimized for next gen in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. My- I just, I still can't. And to go in the quick resume too, where I could just hop over to Apex and just hop right back over to Forza, like nothing. Yeah, that doesn't like, happen on PS5. You was, can pick up where you left off on the game little. that you played the last I time. I shed a tear. But you cannot go to a different game and then go back to the first game on PS5. I think they said that you could, and you really just can't. Also, another big negative is that transferring saves was one of the worst experiences that I've had in um, gaming history. <laughs> now, I felt bad because now I'm an audio engineer. I deal with technology that sometimes is just above my realm of understanding. And then I have to sit in the forums and figure it out. And I eventually do. Uh, you dealing with having the four plugged in running that, doing it on the five, this, back and forth, and then, you know, three-quarter turns, you know, side, up, down, left, right, B, A, X, Y, Z. That was that was too much. It was stupid. I could not believe it. Meanwhile, on Xbox, you sign in and that's it. <laughs> that's all you need to do. You <laughs> we are seeking the data. There. You turned it on, so you, it's there. I mean, it's just, it's there. It doesn't make any sense to me why PlayStation couldn't do something like that either i i know that on some games that happened for me on playstation but only after i ended up purchasing playstation plus because it was going to make that process easier if i didn't do that then i was screwed and i just i know that that's not how it works for xbox so yeah. um and this is specifically for miles morales trying to get your yeah, PlayStation 4c yeah to the playstation 5 it was a fucking nightmare absolutely it was a fucking nightmare um <laughs> Anyway, like I said, I played Detroit. The load times were extremely long, but it did graphically look a lot better. It did. Um, and I finally also completed the game the way that it kind of, like, the forces right to- ending. No, not forces. It doesn't force you but to But it doesn't force, but it like, is like, suge- like, hey, if you actually want to finish the game. No, I disagree. Mm. Like, I did what I wanted to do. In the first playthrough, we went to war. <laughs> I played peacefully in the second playthrough because I wanted to see what happened to all of the characters because I actually got one of them killed 
And I thought that was just the end for them. And then I realized much later that it wasn't. And there was a whole lot more storyline that I could have played with that particular character. So I finally went back. I played that. It was fine. David Cage should be in jail. I'm an abolitionist, but like some of that shit is egregious. I just unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately had the displeasure of seeing more of this game because you were playing it. (laughs) And every time I would poke my head out just to like watch a couple of scenes or what I just was like, jail. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. If I ever meet David Cage just on site Yeah like, I'm, so, I'm so sorry But like I'm, You can't just like Make this fucking metaphor For basically how black people are treated And then just be like Well it's not political Like fuck off I just like hate that shit Especially like from white creator It just like It's set Oh I fuck I, I'm, I'm done not to revisit stuff we've already said about this game I know We talked about it Shout out to Chase I do think it's very funny That in the peaceful playthrough, that's when you get the people on your side, and that's the only way to do it, which is frankly not how the civil rights movement happened at all. It's just revisionist history from white people who want to feel like they were on the right side of history when in fact they were not. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Whatever. Uh, it, it is what it is, and, and now I've actually seen what a good ending Supposedly, <laughs> looks like in Detroit. I didn't see it, so um, go me. Finally, I played the shit out of Ratchet and Clank. You did, didn't you finish it? I platted it. He he planted it. <laughs> he planted it. I'm actually on the new game plus already. Already, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna finish <laughs> the new game plus. I don't think. Okay. It really brought me back. I never played a Ratchet and Clank before this, but I did play Jack and Daxter, which is essentially the same thing. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah, it's conceptually exactly the same game, just different characters, different villains, different world building mm-hmm. that went into it. It cannot be understated that games made for next-gen hardware are astonishing. It is one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. I was blown away by the fact that you are constantly teleporting back and forth between different dimensions, stuff like that. And it's not just that a pocket of a world is rendered very quickly. The entire level is rendered instantaneous there there is actually portals that you walk through and and you're in a new level and there's there's no loading like it i the technical achievement of this game is astonishing Mm. the controller in action was also incredible like Okay, Astro's Playroom was real cute in showing us how all this stuff was going to work, and it was obviously a showcase, but in practice, it's just how I want my controller to feel when I'm playing these games. It it felt like, to borrow a phrase from Reddit, I had surround sound in my hands. (laughs) It really was just like a a totally new experience to play this game with that controller. I don't think there's anything particularly novel about the plot of this other than the fact that it's solid and and good and cute. I don't have a history with these characters. There's a moment where the robot 
curses and it's bleeped out and it's one of the funniest fucking things that's ever happened in a video game. It just <laughs> <laughs> you you show up somewhere and there's a giant zombie creature and he just goes holy <laughs> and it's so funny. <laughs> um I have a lot of love for this game. I I didn't expect to love it as much as I did. I actually kind of had instant buyer's remorse oh. when I bought it. I was like, I just spent seven dollars <laughs> on this fucking ratchet game. Clank. Um, but it was it was great, and I have to say the performances were also really good. That's the first. I think one of the first things I noticed when I came out and was like, you know, watching you play this, I was like. They acting. I resonated much more with the new character, Rivet, than I did with Ratchet. Mm. Um, I just think that her voice acting was really good. Also, the dude that does Invader Zim and Daggett from Angry Beavers was in this. And he does only play one character, but he it, it is he is one of the greatest character actors, even if it's just the one character. It is fucking hilarious the way that this man <laughs> screams and contorts his voice. I shouldn't even say man. I don't even know. It might be, you know, Tommy Pickle's situation or Bart Simpson's situation, but the actor is just really good. All the guns were fun. All the levels were fun. There were variations all over the place. Just, just great. It was great. Well, I have one more. I have one thing. Okay. So I recently had day of birth. Mm-hmm. My day of birth specifically. Mm-hmm. And I have now made the commitment to buy myself something stupid every year for myself. Okay. One thing. Incredibly dumb. Uh, has to be unrelated to my work. Mm-hmm. Those two criteria. So remember last year I got the steering wheel and got That's a right. racing. That's right. So I've been <laughs> this is brand that makes like audio haptic feedback wear accessories. Mm-hmm. Called Woozer. Uh huh. And I remember seeing the strap. They got the strap. And this was like maybe two or three years ago. And I was like, huh, that's interesting and kind of dumb. But I think I kind of want it. And that's always like the the criteria too is that it's got to be something that I've been like, wow, I kind of want this for like a few years. Mm-hmm. I'm the very, very, very opposite of an impulsive buyer. Mm-hmm. Impulsive. But then I was like, you know what? Interesting, considering your commentary to me while shopping at the mall yesterday, but whatever. What did I impulsively buy yesterday? You didn't, but you were encouraging me. I was encouraging you to treat yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. We love that. We love we love capitalism. So the company also has this wearable vest. It's haptic. So basically what you do is you can either use a Bluetooth device, like your phone to play music, or plug in a, like a video game from your controller and it handles all the frequencies from 1 hertz to 200 hertz. So it's all the juicy rumbles mm-hmm. that you, you know, can't hear. Well, you can't hear from like, you know, 1 to 20, whatever. The shit that you would feel, you don't hear it. Understood. And, you know, I was like looking into it. I was like, I don't know, this is kind of dumb. This is kind of dumb. And they had a 4th of July sale. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do it. I'm proud of you. And it it's it's a little ridiculous. I'm looking at it right now. Probably something that I would hide for anyone whose opinion I have respect for. Oh. Coming to here. Interesting. Yeah, no, you can look at it, though. It's fine. Wow. (laughs) You know, I wasn't going to make this joke, and now I am. Seeing him suited up (laughs) and then sitting in the racing wheel with this is 
peak comedy. It is it is it is funny and embarrassing and is exactly what I wanted. If the dual sense is surround sound for your hands, this is surround sound for your body. Body? Yeah. So it's got so it's it's a vest. So you have two speakers or really like transducers on your on the chest, two in the on the, on the upper back and two on the lower back. You mm-hmm. got a strap in, mm-hmm. you're plugging your thing, you're plugging your headset. And at first I was like, uh, it's kind of underwhelming. It's not really working right. And I didn't, I didn't have the volume set correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to really like, so like the phone volume is like different from the controller volume. I Got to fiddle with it. Got to fiddle with it. And the controller, you have to really crank it. And I was like, oh shit. Like playing Apex with that was so much fun. And I remember before I got it, I was like nervous about it. Because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like the feeling of a haptic thing, you know, you know doing what is shot. Getting mm-hmm. shot. I was like, I don't know, but and then I did it, and I was like, oh man, this is so much fun. It is like so, and it's cool too. It like doesn't make me a better player, I don't think, but it's like kind of cool, especially when you're running around in Apex with like arenas, where like someone is throwing a grenade, and you can feel the difference of it being like right next to you or twenty feet away. Ooh. I'm like, oh, cool. You know that comment. Reminds me of another discrepancy between the DualSense controller and the Elite controller. Mm-hmm. I don't think the DualSense controller would make you a better player at anything. No, but the Elite will. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, please continue. Yeah, no, uh, it's just like a really fun, stupid toy that I'm glad I was had the ability and non-impulsiveness to buy when I wanted it. But now, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm proud of you, and I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's so much fun. I would say if you're interested in that kind of stuff, the... The strap might be the way to go because it's significantly cheaper than the vest. I think the strap was like one seventy nine, and the vest is retail at five hundred. Uh, like I said, I got it on sale, so I only paid four hundred for it. But uh, still embarrassing. Still, still embarrassing. If you like, you know, audio things. If you like to enhance your gaming, you know, experience, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly recommend it. But it's definitely not for everyone. I would definitely say that. you are going to look like a fucking idiot when you put it on. Oh yeah, so. every time, every mm-hmm. time, and you have to be careful. You have to be comfortable with that. You have to really own your nerdery to be like, yes, I would like a haptic feedback mm-hmm. vest to play video games with. Well, happy birthday, I guess. Hey, hey. I deserve it. Well, I think that was a show. I think that was a show. Thank you. And thanks also to our subscribers on Patreon. Yes, thank you. Nerdy, Shuli, Abner, Emma, Cody, Sarah, and Edya. You literally keep the phantom power flowing into the microphones so we can be in your ear holes every other week. We also appreciate your uh, <laughs> grace as we <laughs> navigated the last month. Uh, but we are really going to do that uh, subscriber-only thing. We We're going to really do are. a little something special. We are, we are. If you enjoyed this episode, then I would strongly encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice. On the platform that you're listening to right now. You can do it right now. You can also become a patron and join the illustrious crew that were just listed. If you're interested in hanging out with some of those folks, you can join them on our Discord. Link in the show notes. It's always in the show notes. And with that, if you are still interested in sharing the show, you can send it to a gamer friend or 
two gamer friends, but after that, I don't know if if I, I feel like we lost everyone with that. Maybe I don't know. I feel like we did. Um, regardless, we actually will be back in about two weeks. Love to see it. Love to hear that. Deuces. Bye bye.